Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 11 of the Green Street Hammers podcast. It's a Thanksgiving episode, and with the two Americans off, Adam and Scott focus on previewing the Manchester City match, answering Twitter questions, and rapid-firing some Irons Twitter polls. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast. We are back with episode 7 here, uh, coming at you from the end of an international break. Uh, coming at you on American Thanksgiving and with the original crew, Scott Johnson and myself, Adam Smith, back here, uh, ready to talk everything. West Ham, Scott, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I mean, international breaks always feel like a long time, but good to be back and uh, even if it is going to be a tough match this week. Yeah, it takes the wind out of you, eh? Like you're just sort of waiting around, waiting around, nothing's happening. International matches are kind of hard to get into when, I don't know, Austria's playing whoever they were playing, and, you know, it wasn't uh, the most exciting international period for West Ham fans, I suppose, but it's almost over. What helped was, as you said, not the easiest match, the dread of playing Manchester City kind of helped make this happen a little bit quicker than usual, so uh, I suppose we have that to look forward to. Yeah, I uh, look forward to is a weird thing, but it's <laughs> uh, you play in these big tournaments that, the big, that you want to play in the Premier League to play the big teams, so... That's part of it. Yeah, there's going to be nothing bigger. Uh, there's going to be no bigger platform for West Ham to sort of kick things off again than to get something out of Manchester City. And it seems crazy to say that. Um, and, you know, we lost uh, we lost to Brighton, for, for God's sake. But uh, it's, not, it's not outside of the realm of possibility to get a result from that. Are, are you feeling confident? Are you feeling optimistic, cautiously optimistic? How, do you, how, do you, how are you heading into this match? Um, yeah, I'm not confident. Uh, I think it's a, a very different proposition. When I know that there are three teams unbeaten so far in the Premier League, but when we turned up against Chelsea, I felt I had this little that uh, we were on a good. We were playing a bit better. We had things going for us. Chelsea had a midweek match. There were things that we had in our favour. Whereas here, I am very, very concerned that. They're just better at football in every way. I don't think there's. I think this Man City side is special. Um, last year they, like, they they looked incredible, and this year, uh, I don't see them having fallen off in any way. They seem to just overcome the new challenges, and I would be amazed. I would just be very very happy with putting up a fight and just playing on playing well. I think you just got to kind of step away from the result almost on this this game yeah i'm, I'm with you there it's it's a side that got deeper with riyad Mahrez, um but also a side that's doing everything they did last season and almost better without kevin de Bruyne, who was in conversations of being the best footballer in the world last year so 
you have this insane squad depth and I guess hundreds of millions of pounds will do that for you. Right. Um, but I mean, they're playing as a unit, they're gelling. Um, I think when we look at like, uh, what to expect from this match, we can kind of look towards, um, the Liverpool match as a, as a, something that's equal. And then you can also look towards the Chelsea match. And like you said, we turned up against Chelsea. We didn't give them that many opportunities. We had some timely saves and we actually didn't take our opportunities, uh, which earned Yarmolenko the nickname Squarehead, as was featured again on, on Declan Rice's Instagram story over the break. Um, but, uh, there's something. There's got to be somewhere in between us having a, a solid match uh, and, and holding Chelsea to a, a, a goalless draw and giving up four goals and ba- basically not being on the pitch. And maybe it's the progression of playing an elite team when you are a completely new side uh, and not being settled at all versus a month and a bit or two months into the season and now you know your positions, you know where you're playing, and you're a little bit more um, comfortable in the match. But... I don't know. Like you said, I, I, this is a special side from City, and I don't know if I'm confident, but I don't know. It's my rose-colored glasses. As soon as as soon as City score, and, and you know, let's say the match ends up lopsided, I'll go, oh yeah, obviously that was going to happen. My score predictions: three-two West Ham with a <laughs> with an unbelievable late goal to win it. Like I don't know. There's that disconnect with me, but I I think I think. West Ham are not going to roll over. I, I just don't see that in them anymore. Um, the only problem is limiting the chances they give to a team because if Burnley can capitalize on the two chances they had, um, I would be really horrified of seeing what Manchester City can do when they're a team that creates their own chances and doesn't have to be given them. Uh, yeah, I said, if we if we ignore Man City's defense for a moment, uh, just sort of focus on their midfield attack, you say, like, with, without De Bruyne, who... Uh, for me, it, it, it's a real tough thing for to watch us play Man City because David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne are two of my favourite players. I think they're just incredible footballers. Their ability to move the ball with both feet, their vision, their willingness to run, get back, do everything that's asked of them, and just sheer creativity and just ability with the ball. They are, and I say they haven't had De Bruyne yet this year, and they're still walking through teams like that uh, they're not there. Um, Aguero is one of the best strikers of the Premier League era, if not the best out-and-out striker. Um, for, it's certainly by some people's measures. Sterling is in form, Riyad Mahrez, Leroy Sané, Bernardo Silva. It, there's just so many ways they can hurt you. And uh, the reason I can't see us, uh, can't see us getting a result is just it's almost impossible to keep outside with that many good players who are playing so well together. I mean, you, you shared, oh, that's what a few hundred million will give you. But Man United have spent loads in the last couple of years, and I don't feel the same danger when we play them. Pepper's got picked up players at the right stages in their career. He, they, they've looked at players that will bring the creativity and aggression to the side, and they're the fact that he gets them all working together and on the same page is incredible because yeah i just i can't see us keeping them out for long enough for us to do any serious damage um i mean if we go up the other end and they're they're hardly hardly bad at the at the back uh even with um mendy out uh they've got a solid back four uh, edison is a good keeper um 
I think I think we'll score. I do. Uh, I think Arnautovic loves playing against these big teams. Uh, I think Felipe Anderson will do his best to try and um, exploit space, but left by maybe like Carl Walker if he goes marauding forwards. Uh, but it's going to be tough. There's, there's not like um, I think with Man United again. There's a couple of places where they're disjointed where you can attack. Uh, Chelsea even, there's a couple of places where maybe they don't have star players or their star players aren't working together as fluidly as Man City. Man City, I'm looking at and going, yeah, I don't see a weakness. And that's, I think that's more my fear than, that's more my fear than we won't turn up. I think we've got a, a good side and Pellegrini knows what he's going to be doing. Uh, but I really do worry that we're just going to be just played off the park, even if we play well. And that's why I said we've kind of got to take the result out of this and just go for the best performance possible, avoid more injuries, and uh, see if we can get something. But just don't be disheartened by a bad result as long as the performance and the heart is there. That's a that's a good point. I think result isn't as much of a uh, of a necessary thing at this point we're not in a relegation battle as of right now uh, the teams looked better over the last stretch of matches and avoiding injury playing respectably not giving up chances or giving away chances are all things that if if they are achieved in this match can be looked at as stepping stones to the right direction we've talked a lot about uh about sort of the uh the string of matches for west ham coming up so i i think it's important to sort of look over that and just see basically that this is the biggest hurdle that West Ham have to face until the next year basically so we have Man City uh, this match week that's followed by Newcastle, Cardiff, Palace, Fulham, Watford, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton Uh, we get back to Arsenal which is on the 12th of January and then uh, Bournemouth, Wolves and then to Liverpool so it's it's you know a week and a bit into 2019 where West Ham have their next top six challenge after this, and it should be motivation to to basically set the stage. You don't want to be limping into matches against a team like Newcastle who are hitting form right now, or Cardiff who are a team that's almost so bad that you know you look past them. Crystal Palace have dangerous players. Fulham have dangerous players and a new manager. We're going to be getting them after about a month of. Uh, or less than a month, a couple weeks of, of having Raineri in charge there. You never know exactly what's going to happen. So um, I think this is important an important set-the-standard match. And like you had said, West Ham can lose this match, but if they do it respectably and they, they don't give it away, it's going to be something that they can sort of take take with them along uh, along with the, with the loss. Yeah, precisely. I think that's why I said I think on average we want to score. Uh, he's... He, can't, he just loves playing, and he will. He's always up for these big matches. He loves showing that he is a a big match player because he's got so much stick for it in the past that he disappears. And I do think we have some players that will get a goal. I yeah, I say I I don't. I think the point I'm trying to make is I don't want to come across negative because against pretty much any other team in the league. Uh, so when we come up against Liverpool, I will be turning around going, yeah, I think we can maybe do some damage in midfield uh, if we keep the structure right, stop it getting through to their forward players. I just don't, the weaknesses, uh, or I don't see those weaknesses in the Man City side. And I think 
with, as you say, Newcastle. Uh, we've got teams like Brighton and Cardiff. We we should be looking at getting, putting in a good performance this match. Pellegrini will say afterwards, keep it up, play exactly like that, and that's exactly the minimum level of effort I want to see because I don't want to see this falling off like when we uh, beat United and then went away to Brighton and looked disinterested. We need to keep that effort level up, that sort of almost playing up to the other team rather than just sort of seeing how they play and uh, not uh, not putting our stamp on the match. We've got to play as we're playing a big team every game and we, we could be looking at, we should be looking at going from here until Arsenal without losing. If we have any serious aspirations of being a decent side in the next season or two. And, you know, it's, as you have said, it's going to be a tough match. There isn't a lot of weaknesses. But if we want to sort of nitpick, um, Bernardo Silva looks to be missing, is going to be missing the game, it appears. Uh, and Benjamin Mendy, as you had mentioned, is going to be out for a long time with a knee injury. I believe he had surgery after going to the France camp for all of like an hour and a half, hurting his knee and being out for an extended period of time. Um, so that means likely Zinchenko will factor in there or Fabian Delph. Um, Either way, that is something that is a positive for West Ham. Zinchenko's young. He can be pressured. You can attack down that side. The only thing is, as the, the, their left back, you're probably going to have Grady D and Ghana going against him. Um, it's good in the sense that you're not going to have that veteran savvy going up against D and Ghana, but the negative is that uh, you're going to have David Silva, Fernandinho, Laporte all helping uh, Zinchenko if he does start. Fabian Delph, on the other hand, um, he's on... He's on the uh, the England team for the international duty. He just, uh, I think he just played, um, but he he's not an elite talent. I would say I would like to have him on our team, um, but he isn't one of those players where you think like, oh, that's a that's a Man City standard player. Uh, he's a little bit rough around the edges, we'll say. So if either one of those players play, it's an opportunity for West Ham to sort of attack down that right side. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it how it does shape up. Um, and as well with Bernardo Silva out, who knows who's going to factor in there? Does that mean that Sterling goes back to the right side, Mares drops back to Bernardo Silva's spot, and then you just bring in Leroy Sané up front? That may even be a stronger team than if you had Bernardo Silva playing. So who knows how this is going to factor out? Um, I, I'm I'm concerned about the firepower, but you know, losing to Brighton and beating Man City seems like something that's completely within the realm of possibility in the, the wide world of West Ham news. As far as as far as the Hammers are concerned here, um, there's a similar stat line here. In, in When West Ham played Manchester United, they beat them 3-1. And Man City is coming off of a 3-1 win over Man United. And the stats are pretty damning. Uh, City had 700 passes opposed to United's 380 with a 91% accuracy. They also had five corners opposed to United's one, and they outpossessed them 65% to 35%, which is pretty crazy, as well as shooting 17 times with five on target. Um, West Ham didn't put up that drastic of a stat line difference there, but same score line. So th- there's, I don't want to say that means that there, obviously, there's nothing really too much to relate to that, but I think it shows City is separating themselves from United at this time. But West Ham are also one of those teams that can punch above their own weight class. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we've got the ability to to do that. 
uh, over certain periods of time in a match. I, I, um, but as you say there, there what I tend to try and avoid being too drawn by statistics because I think in an individual match they don't mean too much. But what Guardiola has done is he's taken a group of players that are exceptionally good at football, uh, that they make football look so incredibly easy, and he's made them effective, uh, which at times they were criticised for uh, like parts of Barcelona uh, where they were just like, doing tiki-taka and it was they weren't necessarily incisive I mean we're talking about a team that won everything so I'm really picking holes um, and same thing here with Man City is that they they do just seem to be that much more incisive um, you picked up like Ian Garner is uh, probably going to be our right wing and I think he's probably one of our best hopes for this match because he's young he's just got I think he's just played his first match for the England under 20s or he's got called up in the England under 20s this international break and there's videos of him like just like doing uh, one two nutmegs on the, uh, the left back he does not have fear at the moment he thinks that the world of football is easy because the way he's coming this season he is thinking that the world is on his side and that is absolutely brilliant for a young player because he will especially if it's as you say it's not going to be uh, Mendy it's going to be playing someone who's either not I mean Delph was never a left back before he joined City Guardiola just kind of went no you're going to be playing left back now and the power of Guardiola made him a decent left back and or uh, Zinchenko he's going to want to have a go at them he's going to want to just get that ball and see if, what he can do and why not uh, this is a match that it's not like when I say like when we play some of the other big teams where you think okay we need to be using the ball really carefully uh, because they're uh, we've we've only got a few chances to hit them. I just I don't think we're looking at a game where Pellegrini is realistically thinking we can get a result. Dean Garner, have a go at their left back every single time if you want to. Try and enjoy the match. I'll now like get the ball into Arnautovic, play off of him, and just see what you can do. Uh, I think maybe we could get something there. I just, I, I'm trying to envisage it, uh, uh, the way the game pans out. Pans out. If we get an early goal, like we did against United, there's no way that the City will just keep like let us off the hook like United did. They did, United did not pressure us the same the way that I thought they would. City will play. Um, like a moving wall of football, they will just move up the pitch with the ball, and you, like their passing stats are crazy. There's always someone free, and they will keep it, and they will just barrage our goal for 85 minutes. Uh, and then I maybe we get a late goal to win it, um, but <laughs> I find it hard to imagine us keeping a clean sheet for 85 minutes. Uh, it's just is one of those games where I think you've got to try and just do the best you can. I want Dean Garner, Anderson, and Arnautovic to play as freely as possible. And Declan Rice is so key, so so key for this match because if he has a he has an off game, David Silva is just going to set up camp in the middle of that um, London Stadium pitch and just love life. I think you're right to highlight Declan Rice uh, as being sort of an, uh, an impact player there. Uh, there is some social media breaking news here, Scott. Um, West Ham posted a photo three hours ago, uh, which as of right now, it is 10 to 3 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, don't have me translate that across the world. Uh, I know for you, uh, that would be 10 to 7 a.m. for you, correct? 
Yeah, so that's 10 to 8 in the UK in the evening on the Thursday. Okay, there we go. Okay, so we, we've done it. Um, so West Ham posted a picture of Arnie in training laughing with his arms out, out, open wide. And the caption was, who would just run in for the hug? And uh, it has a little hand up emoji and a heart. And Arnautovic commented on the post, which he's been apparently doing a lot on Instagram lately, saying... To all the fans, don't put any bad energy to the comments. Nothing is true from the newspapers. It's not good to believe always what you read, just to let you guys know. Okay, let's go. Hammer sign, hammer sign. So if that isn't enough to squash the rumors of Arnautovic looking to go to a Champions Club, a Champions League club, or also, what the heck, uh, Ars- or, uh, Everton, um, that should just about dispel any sort of tension there. Uh, kind of good to hear. I, it. I didn't really ever believe it was anything true, but it's nice to actually hear that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, we've had some stuff before where people said, oh, yeah, Arnautovic has got a history of doing this with clubs. But when he's done it, he's been very silent, and he is, he is kind of his actions have reinforced those rumours. So when he left Stoke to join us, there were pictures of him just like walking off suddenly from training, taking phone calls, Um there was no social media outpouring, even though that was definitely a time where that was a thing. But here he has come straight out, and every opportunity he has said, no, not happening, or don't believe what you hear. Uh, I'm happy here. And it seems very weird to do that, because like, we didn't have this with, like when Payet was rumoured to be leaving. There was no fight back from the French side of the media such that Payet was not uh, Payet didn't come out and sort of say that's ridiculous so yeah I think we're we're here we're talking about someone trying to drum up uh, importance for a new contract and maybe on Arnautovich disagrees with the way his brother's done it but yeah it's uh, I, I, I'm very happy that we will have Arnautovich at like till the end of the season and potentially beyond. Uh, I mean, summer is a long time, so who knows what's going to happen there. But I don't think we're going to be losing him in January. I'm with you there. And it's you also said that, that Aronovich is someone you want, kind of want to highlight because potentially he likes you know putting up a, a good performance against a, a strong side to show that he's better than what other people may think. Um, now to sort of squash the rumors and, and basically show up for West Ham, that could be something that's pretty interesting too. We are going to take a quick break here. We'll be back just after this advertisement. Uh, Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, we're back here and we're going to jump into a piece here. Uh, I assembled, but it was heavily done by uh, a now friend of ours uh, in the fan side of network. Um, The site is Man City Square uh, and it is Dave Crook, I believe. Uh, so Dave, thank you for, uh, for your contribution there. He just sort of gave us a general overview of what his thoughts are when it comes to West Ham, who to fear, what the, what the score will be, what the formation will be. So, uh, I'll, I'll give a quick, uh, brief over the first, actually, I'll just, I'll just read the first segment of what he said here and then we can break it down. So, uh, he said, and this is in, in regards to picking the lineup. So predicting Man City's lineup these days is a pretty hard task and bookie should really give odds on that. We are approaching a very busy period of important games, with the game against West Ham coming just a couple of days before our game away at Lyon. We have players returning from injury like Gundogan uh, and have players coming back late from international duty. I reckon Pep will set up 4-3-3, which he usually does, and we will take the game to you. Uh, Delph and Walker fullbacks with Laporte and Stones, Fernandinho in the center with Silva and Gundogan on either side. A front three of Sterling, Sané, and Aguero would be my guess. So, 
Uh, kind of what we talked about there. Uh, Gundogan being in the midfield over Mares is interesting, but I guess Mares is more of a, a right-sided attack. But does that seem like a logical setup for for Pep's side? Yeah, I think um, if he had someone like De Bruyne available, we'd probably see a, a potentially more attacking midfield, like the middle three. Uh, but he, as uh, the Man City Square uh, article says, you've you've got a they've got to balance for some important matches coming up, so they probably want to try and keep some kind of structure in that middle. So yeah, Gundogan's a great player, uh, very good at sort of ghosting into the box late when everyone else is mesmerized by Man City passing. Suddenly, uh, you're thinking, okay, I've marked Aguero. Aguero is good, and then the ball comes in, and the new ones suddenly two or three paces behind you and you go, oh, where did he come from? Uh, so he's more dangerous than people give him credit for because he nat- plays like this natural sort of six, number six role, number eight, uh, holding a box-to-box player alongside Fernandinho. And yeah, that's a that's a, that's a strong side. That really is. Uh, I do worry about whoever's going to play our left-back um, <laughs> because... Cresswell against Silva or Masawaku against Silva is a, a worrying, worrying place to be. And I, I sort of said I wondered if we would go for wing backs in this match just to sort of say, Cresswell, you do not get a f- more than a few paces away from that man the entire game. <laughs> you do not expect anyone else to sit on him and just run backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and just do that all day, please. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you can like combat that kind of side yeah i I, the only thing i would say opposed to wing backs is that uh pellegrini doesn't really have much of a much of a history with them and you're you're saying it's a situational implementation of them but i think it may be more mental of pellegrini basically saying we're not going to have our team dictated by your team we're going to set up our team have a game plan and sort of set out to do that um but i mean if you could put eight guys at the back, two midfielder, or one midfielder and one one striker, that may not be the worst. Uh, that's something David Moyes most likely did when West Ham played them, at least in the first match in December. Um, okay, on to the second one here. This is for um, this is Dave's uh, views and, and Man City's views on the attack of West Ham. So you have two options that will concern Pep. The pace of Felipe Anderson and the battering ram of Arnautovic. There's some history with our of our players. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. With Wilshire, uh, he has committed a lot of niggly fouls against us, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the receiving end of some return treatment. The game will be won or lost in the turnovers. If you can't hit us on the break, we'll take the game uh, and take the game to us. We may uh, occupy uh, that may occupy our team and give you the best shot. If you sit back, I think we'll dominate. Um, a couple things there. We'll get into Wilshire more in the future, but Scott, you didn't really think he was going to factor in much into this game, if if at all, right? Yeah, I think we're going to potentially see him have a bit of a game, but I don't. Uh, I think Pellegrini is now going to be. We've got our midfield options at the moment, and I don't think he's going to want to rush Wilshire back in for the sake of it. I think we've got. Um, uh, with him managing his fitness is so important and if we were suddenly uh, just throwing back into 90 minutes where we're expected to be chasing the ball for so much yeah this is going to be a real real tough ask for him and I think maybe we'll see him come on for the last half an hour 20 minutes 
but I would be surprised to see him for much more than that. And as far as Felipe Anderson and Arnautovic being two places to watch for, I think that's fair. Um, there are two more most skilled players going forward. Um, and it just shows you there's no real recognition of Grady D and Ghana yet, which is perfect because I think if Yarmolenko was in the side or Antonio was playing at, at a level that we know he can but currently isn't, you would see recognition being given to, you know, the front three of Felipe Anderson, Yarmolenko, and Arnautovic could cause problems. They all offer different sort of styles of play, blah, 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 blah. But Felipe Anderson, he's quick. Arnautovic, he's a battering ram. Those are the people we need to worry about. Watch out because your your backup fullback, who may not even be a fullback, could have some some problems with this new young kid coming up there. So um, it's another opportunity, I think, for Diangana to sort of stay under the radar and, and maybe even have a coming out party if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, I, I, say I completely agree. I've highlighted the fact that Diangana could be that man that we use as our sort of secret weapon. This could be his that time just to enjoy the match and sort of give it, like, give it a young player's performance. Uh, like some something that's not 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 scared. He's not going to show fear. He's not going to not going to respect the opposition in the way that Anderson will, uh, even Arnautovic will, because he will want to show he's he can do it. But Arnautovic is an all-round striker, and Felipe Anderson's pace is electric. So, yeah, I think the, that's a fair assumption from. And the last section here is a score prediction. My score prediction, this is from Dave, uh, is that we will win, but you'll score at least once, maybe twice. I reckon we'll, we will run out 4-2 winners, but the result won't be certain until late in the game. I'm hoping for a good game decided by skill on the pitch and not settled by a poor decision. Um, we could probably all agree on that last sentence there. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, camaraderie between West Ham and, uh, and Man City fans. I don't know if it's the sort of blue-collar background or the the histories of rising up in, in cities where you're not the first name on the bill. Um, either way, City has surpassed West Ham and also surpassed Manchester United in recent years. So um, as far as global recognition, they're climbing. They're not past uh, United there just yet, but they are certainly the dominant of the two Manchester teams. But um, predictions, let's keep it short. We'll give it a sentence or two. I'm going to say 3-2 uh, for City. Uh, I think that Arnautovic will get one, and I do think Andy Carroll is going to actually get one too. I think, yeah, three one four two. Man City is a fair shout. Um, I think it will be a fairly open game. Neither side likes to close it off, and I just think Man City's quality will show. Uh, that's not a reflection on the fact I think we're going to play badly. I think we'll play well, um, but far better teams than us will go there. Will will play them and lose this season. That's fair there, and I think we can sort of we can sort of put a bookend on on the the match preview here. Any final thoughts about the match there, Scott? No, I think we've uh, pretty much covered everything there. Um, stay for a good game. Yeah, stay tuned for for the our, our official predictions. They should be going up uh, tomorrow morning or uh, pre match on Saturday. Uh, we'll have them out. Uh, we'll have them out and, and give our our full analysis on, on pre-match analysis on what we think could be there. Uh, hold us to the difference between what we say here and what we say there as well. Um, it's a good as, as a good as any time to pivot now. Uh, and we'll get into some sort of Twitter questions here. We put out the call to action a little bit earlier on, uh, and we did have a couple questions here. I'm going to, I'm going to start here. 
um, with a question from New Orleans Hammer. Uh, he did uh, get back to us and let us know that he he listened last week. So um, we're happy that uh, another listener in the uh, in the books there. But uh, New Orleans Hammer at the Hollander has asked us, why do you think five of our ten summer signings have had injuries this season? Start poor training ground, West Ham luck, overcompensating, or normal football injuries. I think uh, it's a mix of the players we bought and a little bit of poor luck. I mean, we've we bought Yarmolenko, Wilshire in. Uh, they've got a history of injuries. That's just you can't get away from that. Uh, when you start picking up injuries, I mean, anyone that plays Sunday League will know that there's there are a couple of players that they'll pick up injuries and for the next couple of years they're just they'll just uh, niggle them again they'll have recurrences they're just once you do it your body doesn't heal totally and certain players will pick them up easier than most uh Yarmolenko's didn't play much last season because of that so that's no real surprise that he got another injury it's a shame it's such a big one um Fredericks uh I don't think he's got too much of a history of it I think that was just a bit unlucky uh too much there Sanchez was uh, very unlucky. I don't think there was much we could have done there uh, differently with him. Um, who is the fifth one? Uh, with Wilshire, Carroll. Uh, so- okay, Wilshire. Uh, uh, so Wilshire, Yarmolenko, Fredericks, Sanchez, and who's our last injured? Five of ten. Oh, Zande Silva, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he, he's, just, he's a young guy. He's probably working really hard in the um, in training and uh, like probably maybe overdoing it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, his, his injury wasn't part of the first team. So it's, you, when you get these players developing, I don't think it's too much of a systemic issue for us. Uh, I think we just... Uh, when you buy players that have a history of injuries, you can't be surprised when they get injured. Yeah, and, and I mean, we've changed uh, physio staff. Didn't we have Billich's guy who was smoking cigarettes in the back and couldn't speak English? And then we had, uh, we had Gary Lewin come in for a while last season. Now he's gone, and we have Pellegrini's guys. It doesn't seem to be anything around those, like the staff issues, uh, or staff issues, sorry. Um, as far as Rush Green goes, uh, they are doing – multi-million pound upgrade to it on Pellegrini's request uh that's also for the West Ham ladies I think to play at as well so um there's certainly being investment in that which is awesome um but it to me it just seems to be like everyone says the West Ham way the West Ham way um it's got a lot of definitions and having your your players injured seems to be one of those many definitions there um another not question but sort of statement we got here was from Snokey excuse me, Smokey Jones at Ginger BR3D, Gingerbread. Uh, it's not really a question, more of a statement, but we can sort of give our thoughts on it and, and break it down as it goes. Uh, if Nasri proves his fitness and the gaffer wants him, I support the pickup. I think we'll put a bigger fight against the city than people think. Uh, we seem to rise uh, We seem to rise to the level of our opponent, which I think is very fair. Wilshire and AC may be fit for the same match, but, don't leave, uh, but I still leave AC out. Wilshire sub on at 60 minutes. So first things first, uh, thank you, Smokey Jones, for the for the uh, the question there and the topics. Um, but first things first, Nazri. Now the original update with Nazri was that his wages were going to were causing dissent among the West Ham change room, specifically with Arnautovic. The first and only video of Nazri training with West Ham comes out, and him and Arnautovic are laughing as they're doing their training drills together, side by side in conversation. I don't really see that being now much more than. Uh, 
then a stir up from Arnautovic's brother slash agent. But uh, you know, if Pellegrini has has picked him out, I think that this could be a diamond in the rough potentially, and it's a small investment really when you look at it. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to to add into it. It's mm. Sorry, I've lost for train of thought. Sorry, ask that one again. Uh, <laughs> Na- Nasri, just just general thoughts. He's now training uh, on a on a tryout basis with the club with no money. So so what's the basic uh, what's the basic yeah. gist of, of your thoughts on Nasri? Yeah, I think I've, I've said before I'm not overly keen on spending a lot of money on him. But at the end of the day, Pellegrini makes those decisions he's paid to make those decisions he's won leagues making those decisions and if he turns around and goes it is worth that money to keep a player like him around once he's proven his fitness i've who am i to disagree with him uh, i'm just a guy watching some videos and saying this man is better uh, uh, i don't see the person train i don't see the vision that pellegrini has for the team i it, I was a bit worried when he was just coming out of the wilderness as such and was just going to be offered this money. But if he's training with us and proves it, then, yeah, I think we've got to just take uh, Bellagrini's word for it if he does give him the contract. Yeah, and keep him away from the IV. Um, we, we've talked a lot about City, so we'll jump over the the City uh, question there, or the City statement. Um, really, I, I do think it's worth noting that we do sort of sink and rise to our opponent's levels, like like Smokey had said there. Um, the last one was about Jack Wilshere and Andy Carroll. Both have been training for a start, uh, and both are available for selection, as confirmed by Pellegrini in his pre-match pes- press conference today. Um, so that's that's a positive for the team. You see players like uh, Connor Coventry and Joel Powell, uh, Joe Powell, sorry, uh, sort of slipping back in the depth chart, which it was good to have them around the club. Good to see them getting into the side for those cup matches. Uh, but for a team that needs to press on here, you need to have your big money players showing up and, and being uh, and, and being effective for your team. I think, I don't know, it's tough to say. I think Perez and Obiang are the two big losers here. Perez, because I think he'll lose his bench spot for Carroll. Uh, and Obiang, because he could do everything right. And he'll be the first name to be sacrificed in the midfield for Wilshire to come on at 60 minutes, like Smokey Jones says here. So uh, I, I, I do like the idea of having both of them as bench options. Uh, I like the idea of Wilshire coming on just for a run out at the end. Doesn't matter what the score is. Get him on the field. Uh, get him into that game shape again, slowly but surely. And uh, just sort of assess his in-match performance as much as you can. Carroll, on the other hand... Um, you could wrap this guy in bubble wrap and keep him on the shelf and he would stub his toe, you know, when he's going to get a cup of tea or something. So um, if he's fit and he's in game shape, throw him at somebody. And there's no one better to throw him at than, than Man City at the end of a match to try and make Cresswell a viable option at left back again. What do you think? Oh, yeah, uh, I've, I've had, I think I've said my, my fellow on Andy Carroll now is that we're on his day, great. Absolutely brilliant. His days are too few and far between, so I don't know whether it's worth managing his injuries or just going sod it and throwing him all, all in and just they just he's fit. Let's put him on. And I mean, one day we will start a match with 
both Wilshire and Carol and like the world will implode. <laughs> uh, be like dividing by zero. But it's there are certain players that are really hard to get back into the game. Uh, Wilshire managed to play most of last season. I think uh, he, he was managed managed well, and I show I think that is possible with him. Carol, I don't, I just don't know anymore. Uh, yeah, try and use him when we can, but just don't expect to have him for the next match. Uh, it's it's so actually there's a, there's a good argument to be had here whether you try and bring him on against City to have an impact, um, which is obviously the point of putting a player on. Or do you and risk an injury like every time he gets on the pitch, there's an injury risk. Or do you save him for West Ham's next match uh, and basically say, okay, maybe he's going to have more uh, effectiveness against Newcastle than he would against Man City, and and West Ham have more of a chance to get him service that he needs. Um, I think Newcastle, if if Carroll survives playing, if he even does it all against City, um, you could see an Arnautovic. Andy Carroll pairing for Newcastle and Cardiff just just based off of Pellegrini's history of, of using multiple strikers um, but I guess we'll we'll see uh, where that goes there um, to finish off here we got a couple minutes left actually we have one minute left so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to answer um, a couple of hammers polls questions in rapid fire mode here first one which position should we prioritize in January left back right back cent- back ref- left back right back central midfielder what do you think Left back. Uh, I don't, I, again, I've said this before. I think we've got some options in central midfield. Uh, we haven't talked about the return of Mark Noble this weekend. He it, is um, not suspended anymore. So, yeah, I think he could come back in and do well. Uh, could be the kind of match he's back up for. Uh, so, yeah, left back for me. Right back is a long-term issue, uh, but left back is the here and now. Uh, there's something wrong there. I say right back, and like you said, it's a long-term issue with Zabaleta possibly retiring, but um, the right now is that if Zabaleta gets injured and at 33 years of age, 32 years of age, it could it's a, it's viable to happen anytime. Um, we would be left with zero right backs on the club. Uh, I think someone like Brian out in Fulham could be a possibility there, but who knows. Um, all right, uh, which would you rather? Number one, Payet back in Lanzini fit in January, or Arnautovic stays in Mazuak, who plays left back for the rest of the season? So, he's like two options? Like, yeah. Like, or, so, okay, so Payet back and Manuel Lanzini fit in January. Yeah, I think I said the same. I, they didn't seem. Yeah. I, that's sort of working off the basis that Arnautovic would be gone, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. Okay, let's Very see strange. here. Uh, Kind of if or or uh, scenario. I'm, I, I think when we had Pilot and Lanzini, we were looking incredibly creative. We managed to score with our with the misfiring Saka up front. So I think we would we would find a way. Uh, but Arnautovic always miss. There's no doubt about that. And for a final one here, if Arnautovic is set to leave, which I think we've squashed that rumor now, um, what would you sell him for? Forty mil, fifty mil, sixty mil, or wouldn't sell him? I I, find, I think it's weird because I I would probably say in the current market uh, the rate he scores goals for us you've got to be looking at minimum I would well I say I think I've put a figure on this before I'd say forty five mil um, but I don't know who's going to pay that for a twenty nine year old who hasn't proven it at a top level uh, it's one of these things where I think he's worth far more to us than 
other people may put a value on him. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, as much as you could get out of him, but I don't think it's going to happen anyways. And, and like you said, there's some other issues that come up with a transfer for him anyways. But we'll call it there. That'll do it for us here at the Green Street Hammers podcast. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys for the questions. Uh, we appreciate those. And we're all hopeful for three points. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to the American listeners out there and anyone else who's celebrating. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.